Welcome back, friends, family, brothers, and sisters. So recently, I was on my friend Eric Leader's podcast called The Human Potential Podcast. I was on as a guest, and this week's episode, I'm going to replay that episode with Eric and I on The Human Potential Podcast. I hope you enjoy. In today's episode of the Human Potential Podcast, we have the pleasure of speaking with Andrew Schultz. Andrew is a mindfulness and life coach, breath work and cold water mentor, yoga and meditation teacher, and a podcast host. What's unique about Andrew is his journey to get to where he is today. Most specifically, the way that he is using his mess to be his message. After hitting rock bottom in 2015, he found being of service to be his purpose in life and hasn't looked back since. In this episode, we dive deep into his work as a mindfulness and life coach several tips on managing multiple streams of income and the importance of community. Make sure to listen to the end where Andrew explains how we can all channel the untapped potential within us. So whether you're interested in being of service and finding community, the science behind breath work or the ins and outs of what being a coach entails, this episode is for you. As always, we are so grateful that you are listening. We hope that you enjoy this episode of the human potential podcast with Andrew Schultz. Here we go live in three, two, one. Welcome, Andrew Schultz, to the Human Potential Podcast. Thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Good deal. Good deal. Well, you know, for today and just for listeners out there, this podcast is is really a passion project of mine to hear stories, hear successes of movement, health, and healing professionals. And just as a starting point, so people can get a frame of reference, can you share a little bit more about yeah, you know, where you're from, what you do, high level, because we'll go deeper into all the all the ins and outs in a little bit. Okay, from Omaha, Nebraska, I moved out to San Diego August sixteenth, two thousand two, after college. It was one of those aha moments. And uh, what I do now is I am a mindfulness and life coach. I'm a podcast host, and the biggest thing is I'm a person in recovery who's been sober six and a half years, and. Um, that's very important to me because anything I put in front of that recovery, I will lose. And so it's important that uh, I share that part of, you know, where I'm at. And um, congrats, man. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about is, you know, my mess is now my mess message and my test has become my testimony. And for people listening, you know, being us true ourselves is our superpower. And that's what my superpower recovery is part of that superpower. So. That's, that's beautiful. And that's cool. And we're going to dive into all of that in terms of being a movement, health and healing professional, you mentioned the life life coach part that you're doing. Tell me a little bit more on some of the other things that you're doing. Are you still teaching yoga? And one of the really things that I'm excited about hearing more about is the breath work, because that's kind of new ish, uh, depending on you know how you're on with the trends, but it's pretty cool to be involved with that. So share a little bit more about kind of all the things that you're doing. because I think that's helpful too. Yeah, for sure. I found yoga six and a half years ago when I got sober. I went to, you know, I was, my rock bottom was April 30th, 2015. Uh, I was taking sleeping pills and I didn't want to wake up. Mm. I had lost the will to live and I was in such a dark place that I didn't, I just, I lost the will to live and the addiction, the drugs and the alcohol and, you know, the despair was so dark and I pushed everybody away and my family wouldn't give up on me and you know, they did an intervention and it saved my life. And I went to treatment at Betty Ford Center. And 
I found yoga and it was one of those things, Eric, where, you know, I had been running my whole life, just avoiding, repressing, uh, numbing. And when I stepped on my yoga mat, you know, I was stuck with myself and it forced me to breathe. And I learned how to breathe for the first time in my life and to work through whatever was going on. And uh, I just fell in love with the yoga, the breath, the movement. And so, you know, yoga, conscious breathing, mindful movement was a big part of my journey uh, when I first got sober. And, you know, you know, fast forward, I wanted to share my love and passion for yoga because what it had done for my life, the grounding, the building, I literally lost everything. Mm. I, used, I used to have stuff like money and car and house and I lost everything and I literally rebuilt my life from that yoga mat up and that was my foundation and wow. you know it was so important to me and I loved it so much and it, it changed my life so much that I wanted to share it with other people and so I became a certified yoga teacher and then you know fast forward to just recently I um I found breath work you know Wim Hof breath work mm -hmm. a good friend of mine it was during COVID February 2020 he had a house in Solana Beach, Solana Beach, and he asked me to come over. He's like, Andrew, I want to beta test something. Just put on this eye mask. Trust me. I was like, okay, I'm all in. And he cranked up the music. He had a little shed in his backyard. And Eric, what I say, I got high on my own supply. And, you know, yes. coming from a place where I used to pay money for illicit drugs to get, to get high, I just went to a place just by breathing, I went to a place that I loved and I fell in love with breath work and I was hooked February, 2020. And, uh, my buddy said, I'm, I'm opening a studio. This is a brand new concept. He got certified, um, and trained under Wim Hof. Mm. And he said, Andrew on it, I'll teach you everything you need to know. And I was the first person he taught and fast forward to, uh, we have a brick and mortar now, uh, it's called breathe degrees up in La Costa. And it's a Wim Hof breathwork studio. It's the first of its kind dedicated completely to breathwork. Uh, so we have a bunch of classes where we do the breathwork. And then we have a 12-person cold tub, 12-person hot tub, infrared sauna. So it's, a, there's a, it's part of the process. There's the breathwork, which is the HIIT training for your respiratory system. And then you get in the cold and the hot water that the water therapy, the, the cold and the hot contrast, which is basically hit training for your circulatory system. And the combination of the breath work and the cold and the hot, it's changed my life more than anything else. And I love sharing it with other people. It's part of my being a life coach and mindfulness coach. All my clients now, I introduce them to the breath work. And, you know, there's so much fascinating research out there. You know, James Nestor just wrote a book called Breathe. It's got the yellow cover, changed my life. Just mm. all the knowledge that he brought about why breath work is so important. But for people listening, the number one contributing factor for a longer life uh, lived is lung capacity. It just won the Nobel Peace Prize. And so when we do breath work, you know, the yoga breath is in and out through the nose. Mm-hmm which is more a parasympathetic calming and um, relaxing the nervous system. But the Wim Hof breath work is in and out through the mouth. So it's a excite and delight part of the sympathetic nervous system. It's a healthy stress, not fight, flight, or freeze, 
but it's excite and delight. It's tapping into the healthy stress of our nervous system, which is in and out through the mouth. And so that lung capacity, you know, if, if you don't lose it, if you don't use it, you lose it. After the age of 50, our lungs start to shrink and we can expand our lungs just by breathing hard. And it's a hell of a workout because during our breath work, you, we burn like 250 to 300 calories in a 45 minute breath work. And people don't realize how, how much we're exerting our body mm-hmm. when we do that breath work. And it's, it's the most dynamic form of meditation. Now I always say getting high on your own supply because you are breathing hard. You're stressing your body in a healthy way and you're tapping into the feel good neurotransmitters that, you know, the serotonin, the dopamine, the neuro neuroepinephrine, which is adrenaline all by breathing. Mm. And here's this, here's the crazy thing for people listening to keep it really simple. First thing we do when we come into the world is we inhale, we take our first breath. The last thing we do before we leave our bodies is we exhale, take our last breath. Yet so many of us don't have a relationship with the one thing that gives us and sustains our life. And that's the breath. Yeah, that's profound. I like that. Yeah, thinking about baby on the way on my side, that definitely resonates with thinking about the the first thing we do, that breath. But appreciate you sharing that and just seeing you and, and hearing you talk about it, really passionate. And what I love about all that, you know, from yoga to life coaching work to the breath work, it's, it's really holistic. And so that approach really resonates with me. And that's how I think just being a movement health and healing professional, uh, you have to be holistic. You have to think about other things, not just one, one aspect. And so I really am going to dive deeper into kind of your business or kind of all the things that you're doing so that people can get even a deeper glimpse of kind of what you're up to, why some of the benefits you already talked a lot about. I wanted to start first just hearing your career path or origin story on life. And you don't have to go super long and lengthy. I don't want you to do a condensed version, but I think that's always helpful for free, for people to hear because I know you have a, had a pretty interesting journey to where you're at now and everything that I know about you, you, you spit out positivity and happy vibes always. And so to get to that mindset, anyone would want to be, be like that in their daily life. So anything you can share from just your journey, I think would be super helpful for anyone listening. Yeah. And I love, you know, sharing like this is, this is important for me because, um, you know, people listening if it gives one person hope or, or, you know, help in, in their journey, you know, that's, that's a success for me. And so, you know, I played sports my whole life, Eric, and sports was my identity, you know, mm. ever since a very young age, you know, when I was 10 years old, my little league baseball team won the little league world series in high school, our, our football team won the state championship in football. And I was the quarterback. And so I went to college, I chose baseball to play college uh, baseball. And I wanted to play in the professional in the pros that was my goal i wanted to play pro baseball ever since i was a kid and after college i realized real quick that there was a lot of good players out there Mm -hmm. and it probably wasn't the best option for me and so i remember my mom saying you know it's time for the real world Mm -hmm. i was like "Ooh, okay so i i was in the midwest i packed up my stuff uh, and moved to san diego because i wanted to experience different cultures different i wanted to live a life that was true to me and you know we have some family businesses back in omaha that my brother and my dad are involved with that i didn't want the rest of my life just handed to me Mm. i wanted to to like 
I wanted to do something else. I wanted to find my own path. And I knew a handful of people in San Diego. And I remember it was uh, August 16th, 2002. And I was like, I thought, you know, I had a lot of confidence. And I remember moving out. And the day I got to San Diego, it was a three-day drive. And I remember sitting on the corner of Riviera and Roosevelt in PB. I had just moved. And I sat on the corner. And I started crying. Mm. I was like, what the hell did I just do? And it was one of those aha moments, Eric, that like it really shaped who I am today because it forced me to get out of my comfort zone to connect with a group of people. And I just dove in. I found a group of friends, my first job. And what I did with my identity after I lost sports, I was like, so who am I? And I jumped into uh, my career. Mm-hmm. And my first job out of college was Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And uh, they have, I mean, great people. I, I, I so appreciate my year that I worked at Enterprise. And, you know, you got to wear a dress shirt and a tie. And, you know, I remember I was wearing my favorite tie one day. And, you know, you clean the cars. It's very humbling. Mm. You clean the cars. And I was vacuuming the car. And I got my favorite tie caught in the vacuum <laughs> two different times. I was like, screw this, man. Life's too short. And, uh, and a friend of a friend put me in touch with her dad. And, uh, I, so I left enterprise after one year, great company to work for. I met so many great people. It really taught me the value of hard work and the humility because here I was college kid, like I'm going to take over the world. And it was just, it was very humbling. And it was, it was a big part of getting me to where I am today. And, um, and so I, my next job after the enterprise was, um, I was, it was a company that did the supply chain management and produce procurement for subway restaurants. Mm. And, you know, I started out at the bottom and worked my way up and I had a, a couple guys that were mentors to me. And I think for people listening, this is really important because we all need mentors, coaches, teachers. And I remember as I took that job and worked my way up the corporate ladder, I would just sit in the office of these guys for hours a day and just ask questions and learn. I would listen to their phone calls, their business calls and just take notes. Mm. They let me, they gave me the, they held space for me to learn. And I showed the willingness and, and I was curious and I was inquisitive. Like I wanted to know, how they were doing things, what made them successful. And I just, I learned and I was a sponge and I just soaked every minute up and I worked my way up that the corporate ladder. And I was at that job for eight years. And, you know, it was, you know, I was in charge of doing the produce procurement and supply chain management for 28,000 subway stores throughout North America. Wow. And for people not familiar with produce, you know, there's two things that are very challenging. There's no kill step. So you can't guarantee the food is going to be safe for people where meat and dairy, there's kill step that you can ensure that there's protocols to ensure like there's no outbreaks produce. That's not the case. It's grown outdoors in a field with mother nature, with different elements, and there's a short shelf life. So from the time you harvest that produce, you have a week or two max fresh produce to get to all over North America. So my job was to do it faster, quicker, and cheaper Mm. and safer. And there's a lot of stress in that. 
but it was it was awesome because I got it helped me forge relationships with people throughout the supply chain from the growers and farmers in the fields to the wholesalers to the distributors to the subway franchisees and everybody in between and it was so fun because i learned i was really good at getting people together connection to pull in the same direction Mm. and it was a fun job a lot of stress but it was a fun job and i learned so much in just forging those relationships i think at the end of the day no matter what we do it's all about relationships connection yeah and so i did that and uh i did that for eight years and i was really good at it i was we had a lot of success and i you know i was rewarded financially i worked my way up like i said and you know at about in about 2010 2011 um you know there was a lot of more and more stress in my life and I didn't have the coping skills and the mechanisms that I do today to handle that stress and you know addiction runs in my family and I was using alcohol and then I got into drugs to medicate self-medicate mm. to numb to not it was kind of a way of checking out and avoid it yeah. versus you know dealing with those things head-on and getting help with people around me and a coach or a therapist or whatever it was and I just chose to self-medicate and that took me down to a very dark place and you know in a ma- matter of you know a year or two I ended up losing everything and um, I just went into such a dark place and as I look back I was like how can I go from you know I was vice president corner office making a lot of money had the house had the wife had the car, had the season tickets to the Chargers, mm. you know, flying first class, playing golf, the nicest golf courses in the country, not because of who I was, but because of my job title. Mm. People wanted my business. And that being, you know, 27, 28, 29 years old and not and having a big ego, if I'm being honest, and I let that go to my head and I just lost touch with everything that was important lost touch with who I was. And, and in, a, in a matter of a, a year or two, I ended up losing all, all of those things and all the people in my life and that job, I got fired. And it was, again, it's all, all these things happen, not to me, but for me, because here I am reflecting back with you. I don't regret any of it because it got me to where I am today. And, you know, there was a couple of years where I started, I was a consultant. I started my own company and there was a lot of resentment, Eric. I had a lot of resentment towards my boss, um, fired me yet. As I see now, it was the gift that he gave me because I was showing up and not in a healthy way. And, um, he, he gave me a gift by firing me and I deserved it. And, uh, there was a couple of years where I still had enough money in my account that I, I wasn't at rock bottom yet. And so there was a couple of years that, you know, I said I was a consultant. I had my own business, but I wasn't doing anything. I was just slowly killing myself mm. uh, with drugs and alcohol and pushing people away. And, um, and then that got me to where my family finally did that intervention in 2015 and getting sober, going into treatment recovery and all the things that got me from April 30th, 2015 to today, all the tools, mindfulness practices, the yoga, the meditation, uh, the breath work, the personal development, the inventory where 
letting go of the resentments and the fears and all the stuff that I'd been pushing down, all the trauma that I had held on to that and I that I never dealt with, all that stuff, I was finally able to shine the light of awareness onto them, do some really deep work. You know, I tell people all the time, every time I cry is, is, is me being, uh, it's, it's a form of medicine and that vulnerability of just crying and, and letting things out and sharing intimately with others in a safe space, those secrets that I had never told people that I had held on to. And what I found is drinking was but a symptom. The drugs was but a symptom of something that I had not dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember sitting in small groups and doing that deep work of sharing about things that I had never shared about. And in recovery, we say we're only as sick as our secrets. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the question I asked today is, you know, how free do I want to be? If I'm holding on to something and not being honest, I don't like that feeling. And uh, I learned through the rooms of recovery and, and treatment to, um, to have a healthy release and outlet to let go, to start to heal, uncover, discover, and discard the things that had been blocking me from the one thing I want most is intimate connection with others. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that story, that, that just journey is, is super inspiring for, for anyone to hear. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that, but to your point, yeah, just talking about it, getting it out, even, you know, sharing it with others in those intimate spaces, that's huge. Yeah, I always, whenever uh, I'm in an argument or anything like that, disagreement, when you kind of just hash it out and talk it out, whether it was feelings that were hurt or, or something that you're, you're thinking or feeling, it just always ends up being the, the best way forward. And so it's kind of similar to what you're saying is just you, know, you have those uh, secrets or thoughts and things that you need to get off your chest. That's huge. So I appreciate you sharing that. Really, really uh, inspiring for sure. And so I think just hearing that story, that's kind of your journey to kind of where you're at today. So now want to get a little bit deeper into kind of all that you're doing today, understanding your, you as a movement health and healing professional and the work that you do. Um, so can you give us a rundown of just how your time is spent across all the different things that you're doing and kind of maybe you know, expand on maybe what an average week or day looks like. So I know you're doing a lot, a lot of great work, especially. So anything on that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, like I said, recovery is a, a very important part of my journey. And, um, you know, so there's, you know, that, that includes going to 12-step meetings. I'm very involved with, you know, I have sponsor, I have sponsees that I help new guys get sober. And so for me, being of service is gives my life purpose yeah. and there's a lot of different ways for me to be of service and you know being you know selfishness was a big character defect that I look back in my past and that got me to the rooms that got me to my rock bottom because there was a lot of selfish behavior and so now for me is focusing on helping others that gives my life purpose today um and so service can be a lot of different things but it's really important for people listening that that gives my life purpose. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm feeling angst and tension or out of sorts, the best, the first thing I do is pick up the phone, try to go help somebody else. It always takes me out of myself every time. So being of service is a big part of what I do. Um, Whether that's with my coaching clients, whether it's in the rooms of recovery, volunteering my time service, I, I try to call, you know, three to five, people every day on the phone just to connect because 
for me, connection equals recovery. Disconnection equals addiction. When I'm disconnected, I push people away and I isolate, I'm selfish. But when I'm connected, that's recovery for me. And connection is community and it's so important in my life. So I spend a lot of my time connecting with others Mm -hmm. um, in service. And so I would say, you know, four or five days a week, I'm going to some kind of 12-step meeting, you know, to start my day. I like that in the morning to get me in the flow, uh, to get me connected, to get me out of myself. Yeah. Um, so it's a big part of what I do daily and weekly. And, you know, right now I have eight coaching clients. And so I meet with my coaching clients every week, at least for one hour. Most of them are in person. And when I say coaching, it's life coaching, mindfulness coaching. I have some clients who are not local. So at Zoom. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for my coaching clients, that, that time with my, that my clients, every client's, you know, their goals are different, whether it's nutrition losing weight, more mindful movement, finding their identity, finding their purpose, Mm -hmm. um, different goals for different clients, but you know, in person and spending that time with each of my clients every week is a big part of what I do. Yeah. Um, also my self care is very important. Like I spend a lot of time every day, whether it's every morning, I have a morning routine, you know, it's prayer, it's meditation, it's reading daily devotionals that get my mind right. It's yeah. journaling. Gratitude lit for me, journaling. My gratitude list is a big part of my journaling. Positive affirmations, morning pages where I set aside 10 minutes and just free flow, right? Yeah. From my for my soul and spirit, like whatever's whatever's going on, just to, to write out wherever I'm at. Every day is different. For me, Eric, what happens when I when I when I write and journal and free flow and just let it flow, is I have, I have clarity, I have direction for the day, I have guidance, I have if something is going on that's giving me some anxiety, I I release it because when I put this, my thoughts into words on paper, it becomes tangible and it gives me peace because I'm taking it from my head and thoughts putting it on paper and I can see it for what it is and it usually loses its power if mm. it's something that's been hold if it, if it has a hold on me if I'm struggling in an area of my life that journaling every time it's I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of journaling so something I have all my coaching clients do so my morning routine is usually an hour an hour and a half and so and you know getting on my yoga mat and just doing some some mindful movement to get a flow this morning I woke up at four because wow. I wanted to prepare for this podcast and my morning routine is a non-negotiable. So I usually wake up at five, but I wanted to keep my routine because for people listening, you know, habits, positive, healthy habits done over and over and over every day. That's how we create change in our life, you know, creating new neural pathways in our brains and I always use the analogy of it's like a computer system. So for me, like when I first got sober, my computer system was so corrupt. The files were <laughs> negative, fear, resentment, shame, guilt. And so when I, when I started doing all the things that I just mentioned, I'm uploading the new software, mm. a new program, a new way of being to work from. And so it's a new software system that these new habits that everything that I mentioned that I'm doing in my morning routine 
is create is creating new neural pathways, new ways of being in our mind, and our brain is malleable. That's the best part. This neuroscience shows our brain is malleable. We can change these how our brain works, and so healthy habits is a way I do that, and it's how I have all my coaching clients do it by creating structure, rituals, and routines every morning and every night, and that's how we change our thoughts, our actions our words and how we show up every day. And so another thing that I love is I've been high-fiving myself in the mirror every morning and I say, I love you. And then for people listening, you cannot high-five yourself in the mirror and say, I love you and not smile (laughs) and have a, a rush of dopamine. It's not possible. You cannot be pissed off and be like, I love you, Andrew, and high five yourself. No, it goes away. And uh, Mel Robbins just wrote a book. She was on uh, Ed Milet's Ed Milet's podcast, and I've been doing it. Um, That's great. Part of my self care is listening to other podcasts. It's reading books. Mm -hmm. Um, It's walking on the beach. It's getting outside for thirty minutes every day. I go to the gym and lift weights four days a week. I do hot yoga twice a week. So every day I'm doing some kind of mindful movement and exercise, and so. It's a long answer to self-care being a big part of your question of what I do every day and every week because me investing in myself, giving the oxygen like the airplane, the mask, putting the mask on myself first Uh before I can give it to other people, I'm giving from a full cup. I'm giving from my best self, my best self. I'm, I'm giving from a full cup to others which is why self-care is so important for me. And it's such a big part of what I do every day and every week. And then at night I have a nightly routine. You know, I wind down because sleep is a big part of my holistic overall health and wellness. Yeah. Sleep is one of the pillars that is a non-negotiable eight hours of sleep, 90 minutes before I go to bed, I draw a hot bath with Epsom salt and I read my book. I turn down 75% 75% of the lights, I turn on my two salt lamps, and that's how our melatonin in our brain tells our body it's time for sleep. And so turn off all the blue lights, all the phones, TVs, and I read a book, take a hot bath, and then I do more journaling, reflect on my day. Where did I fall short? Where could I have done – where could I have been better? But most importantly, celebrate all the things that I did well, another prayer and meditation, and then I go to bed. So I understand people have kids. They don't have that much time. But finding time to make self-care a priority is so, so important. Yeah. I just did a podcast yesterday with a guy. We were talking about the epidemic. The real epidemic is obesity. Mm-hmm. 42% of U.S. adults are considered obese. That number was, that number has risen 26% since 2008. 42% of U.S. adults are considered obese. That's why what we're talking about on this podcast, Eric, is so important because that's crazy and it's, yeah. it's getting worse. And so all these things that we're talking about, practical solution-based things that people can apply in their own life. Self-care is so, so important. Reading a book, prayer, meditation, getting outside, getting 
getting the sun 30 minutes, whatever it is, make self care, find the time because if we don't, um, we're, we're not giving from a full cup to others and a rising tide lifts all ships. So when we invest in ourselves and do the work, it gives other people permission in our life to do the same. And we're being by example, and it's so important. And that's why everything I just mentioned, I have all my coaching clients do as well. And I never ask clients, students, other people in my life to do something I'm not willing to do firsthand myself or have done in the past. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really, um, inspiring just hearing how much value and time and commitment that you put self-care because that's that's going to spill out to others in a big way of just showing up as your authentic self and being able to give give and serve like you, you really want to and even if you know someone does have kids or they're they're busier and they, they kind of are starting from a different perspective just taking one of those things that you're doing i think will, will give so much value and then they could kind of start small there and, and build their own self-care routine and then you know, to your point there about you know your life coaching clients, I think what I would like to hear more of kind of how how do you serve your life coaching clients, and also a little bit more about the other kind of work that you're doing, yoga, yoga teaching, and the breath um, work coaching and mentoring. Just kind of how do you serve first the life coaching clients, and what do they get when they work with you, and how is that set up? That would be helpful because I know a lot of people don't understand what a life coach can do. And I'm sure different life coaches have different trainings and backgrounds and, and maybe do a little bit different work. So that would be helpful too, I think. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What I love working one-on-one -on -one with clients. You know, I have clients from all walks of life. I have a 65 year old gentleman who had a heart attack a year and a half ago due to stress and unhealthy lifestyle. So for him, our goal was, you know, reducing his stress equals saving his life mm. because he had a, you know, and he had an aha that he, that heart attack was a reminder that life is short and he needs to make changes. So he got with me and we mapped out what those changes look like. So reducing stress, getting away from the work, work, works, grind, grind, grind mentality. Mm -hmm. um, this gentleman has a lot of money. He doesn't need any work in. And so changing his relationship with himself to see that what is most important mm. to do a values exercise on day one, what are the things that are most important to him? What we found out was family was the most important value and priority in his life. Yet he was spending the majority of his time wrapped around the axle with things relating to work. Yeah. So getting him to see on day one, that disconnect of what is most important and where he's spending the majority of his time, that disconnect, the, and just for, for him to see, holy cow, I can't believe, because nobody had ever, we, you know, we know what to do, but it, a coach helps us see our blind spots to help mm -hmm. bring awareness to the things like family being the most important priority, a mirror, reflecting the mirror back up to people on what is most important. But for him, 65 year old, that's an example of the work we did together for him. I have, uh, I had an 18 year old young woman just went to college and she wanted tools and mindfulness practices to help not just survive on college campus, but thrive mm. because she knew it was going to be a stressful environment Yeah, and she was going out of state. So she wanted meditation practice. She wanted uh, mindfulness tools to take with her living on her own for the first time away from home tools to have with her so she can be in her own words, become the best version of herself. 
And so she wanted to learn what those tools were. So we did visualizations, meditation, created a morning routine and structure and rituals that were going to work for her, helped her set goals for her when she did step on campus, mm -hmm. what she wants to be doing with her time and the things that are most important to her. I have clients in the rooms of recovery who want to level up and, you know, the 12 steps are great, yet there's a lot of things that the 12 steps don't help with that, whether it's nutrition, whether it's sleep, hydration, you know, these are all things sleep, hydration, nutrition, those are three pillars right there that are so instrumental in improving and optimizing our health and wellness, mm -hmm. um, along with movement. So, yeah. you know, just those four things alone and stress management, these are all things that, um, people in recovery come to me and ask for my help for tools, techniques to give them how to optimize their sleep, a nightly routine. So they have better sleep, proper hydration, nutrition, program that works for them. I don't use the word diet because diet is deprivation, okay. optimizing their nutrition that works best for them. That uh, gives them the most energy, uh, reduces the chemicals and the processed food and the sugar that, um, is preventing them from being the best version of themselves, just educating them on nutrition 101. Cause you know, in college, in school, we don't get we don't get the knowledge and, and information that is in our best interest. And that's why podcasts, books, coaches are a great investment because um, yeah. there's a lot of things that we don't learn in, in school that is some, an opportunity that helps people live a longer, healthier, happier life. I have people, women in their 50s who want to find their identity again because they went through a divorce. Other kids are, you know, out of out of the house. They don't know who they are. So we we identify in their identity and do a lot of work around letting go of the things that no longer serve them. You know, I call it spirituality by subtraction. We 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 layer on all this armor mm -hmm. in 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 an attempt to protect ourselves. Yet it's like the onion. All that stuff it might have served a purpose at one time to protect us usually as kids yeah. uh, or young adults, but now it doesn't serve us anymore. So peeling away those layers that keep us from intimate connection with ourselves, with spirit, with others, and especially with, you know, COVID people, the anxiety and the fear and the, the isolation and loneliness is crazy. Like I'm more busy now than ever before. And people for 18 months have been isolated in, in fear and locked up and disconnected. And so people from all walks of life depends on where they're at, meeting their clients where they're at, and then developing you know, that roadmap. I'm, I'm a big believer in SMART goals. We can't get somewhere if we don't know where we want to go. Yeah. And so getting really crystal clear on where each client is right now and where they want to go. Uh, and building the roadmap to get there and giving them the resources, the support, the accountability, having a system in place to ensure their uh, inevitable success. But it's um, each client is different and yeah. meeting the client where they're at. And, you know, Eric, the thing is all clients, every client I've ever worked with, we, they all have one thing in common. And it's not even the thing that is the most important when we first start talking. It's something that gets uncovered. Mm. Every, everybody wants to have a more loving 
kind, compassionate relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. Which who wouldn't me, want that? Me too. I'm included. Yeah. And the golden rule, it's actually misleading. Treating others like we want to be treated. Well, if you're like most of us, we treat ourselves like crap. Yeah. And so the golden rule should treat it ourselves like we treat other people because we usually treat other people better than we treat ourselves. <laughs> and like that incessant voice in our mind, you know, that incessant roommate. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. Michael Singer in one of his books or one of the books I read, the analogy was the incessant roommate that's always with us, that voice that talks to us in a way that if another person in our life talked to us like we talked to us, they would not be in our life very long. Yeah. Yet we think we we think it's acceptable because it's our own voice. So treat ourself like we treat other people. It's like the oxygen mask, the self care, the the daily the daily practices that that give more love and compassion and kindness to ourself is the thing we all want more than anything else. And people from all walks of life, people we're all struggling with something. Drugs, alcohol, overworking, relationships, finances, health. We're all in this together. And uh, that's the best part. And to know that people are not alone. That's why they reach out to me. That's why I'm very vulnerable with showing that my mess of where I was is now my message. And, you know, it's my superpower now. Owning every part of it and, and, and taking responsibility for every part of it. It all got me to where I am today. And you and my clients, they've all been through hardship as well to embrace it, to use that as their their superpower. So they are uniquely qualified to help others who have gone through similar situations. And so and then yoga, you know, I, I teach yoga at Bay Club in Carmel Valley. I teach three days a week. It is an important part for me because, like I said, six and a half years ago when I found yoga and the impact yoga has had on my life, it's important it's a way to be of service. Yeah. Teaching it and sharing my love for it with others. And it's something that I'll always do. And, you know, yoga, when people think, you know, yoga is, it's so much bigger than just a physical practice. It's a way of being. It's yeah. yoga on the mat and off the mat. It's, it's, it's just as important with living our life of yoga off the mat is it's, um, it's really important and it's a lifestyle and know that with the breath work that I teach a couple days a week these are all ways of being of service giving back I'm not in it for the money for people who know there's not a lot of money in it but it's it's a way to be of service and it's a vehicle and a channel to connect with people because connection is one of my uh, biggest core values connection freedom service these are, those are three of my most important values. So for people listening, um, a, a great exercise, if you don't know what your values are, to sit down pen to paper and write down what your core values are. That will help you be in alignment with what you do for, for work, what you do for, to, to, to bring purpose and meaning to your life. Getting to know your values and what's most important is it's critical. It's so critical to a life well lived and to be in the flow and to vibrate high and shine bright to know what our values are is so critical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like my, like my coaching client, family, top priority, 
he was spending the majority of his time work that disconnect almost killed him. Yeah. Like it's an extreme example, but what are our values? I know what my values are freedom, service connection, which is why teaching yoga, breath work, giving back, participating in my own recovery, helping other, uh, young men, uh, newly guys who are newly sober, helping them stay sober, you know, service to them. Um, working with my coaching clients, these are all in alignment with my values. And so huge thing for people listening, put pen to paper, write down what your core values are because freedom for me and being a life coach and mindfulness coach are in alignment. Freedom is my top core value. I'm not in the corporate world working the nine to five anymore because freedom is my top core value. Mm-hmm. So that nine to five corporate attached to my email at a desk doing what I used to do is not in alignment with my core values anymore. And, um, that's an example for people listening to why it's so important. And, um, that's coming back to what I do with my clients, getting them to understand and to connect with what their core values are. They don't teach that in schools Yeah. yet. This is, this is the kind of stuff that helps people live a meaningful and purpose driven life when they are in alignment with those values. Yeah. No, I, I, when you talked about that for that, that 65 year old client that, you know, valued family and was focused on work, I got excited because yeah, that's one of the exercises that I do with my clients in my work is, is trying to prioritize their values for their financial and life goals, because that's a big thing too. Um, and the, the, to hear you keep talking about that and stress it, how important it is and share your, your top values is huge anyone listening because even to what you talked about earlier in terms of our, our our brain and how that works if you have a value but you're doing something else there's a disconnection and you have to change that neural pathway by aligning it with the right action so that's that's huge that you brought that up and it's something that i'm a big proponent of and yeah getting there's right one, on your values is huge. there's an exercise eric that i would love for people listening you know Beginning with the end in mind, that's one of the uh, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the best books I've ever uh, read. He talks about one of the seven habits of highly effective people is beginning with the end in mind. So there's two ways to look at that. One, visualize your funeral. Mm -hmm. Death is a healthy thing, friends. For people listening, we are all going to die. We are not here uh, finite. We are infinite people. Or we are finite people, not here infinitely. And realizing and recognizing we, you know, we're gonna die at some point. And our funeral, visualizing our funeral, what do we want people to say about us at our funeral? How do we want people to talk about us in the life that we lived? What are the values that people share when they talk about our legacy when we're gone? If that's too morbid, envision your 100th birthday celebration. Say you're 100 years old. All your friends and family are there to celebrate you on your 100th birthday. What do you want people to say about you on your 100th birthday celebration? And visualize a certain person in your life who is important to you giving a toast on behalf of the entire party. They give a speech on your behalf. This person talks about your life, your legacy, the impact you had 
get really crystal clear on your visualization on what the words that they use to describe your life and legacy, what are the values that they, that they say about you unconsciously, those are the values that are most important to you. And then reverse engineer to today, are those the values? Is that how you're showing up right now? There should be some friction and some get disconnect, a healthy tension. What that is is an opportunity to get crystal clear on those values and to start living in alignment with living those values in every area of your life. Yeah, that's that's a great exercise. I like that a lot. And when we get to it, if we get to it, because I think we're going to talk all day, but I have a really cool question to ask you and then to kind of chimes in with what you're, what you're talking about there. So shifting gears a little bit and just kind of don't dive super deep, but you, given your background, being in the corporate world, supply chain, all that stuff, you probably have a understanding of, of being organized, but also finances and stuff like that. But freedom is one of your top values, given that you kind of work for yourself. Um, you're doing a lot of things. How do you manage things like on the business side of kind of your your work, what you do, uh, do you have either an accountant or do you do all of it yourself? I know for a lot of movement healthy other professionals, it's not their focus on doing all that stuff and, and mind the details, but you know, it does matter. You kind of need to be on top of those things, but how do you kind of manage that with as much detail as you want to share? You don't have to go super in depth, but it's always fun to hear just how people are doing it differently and, and what works for them. Yeah. Great question. And, uh, being organized is is an opportunity for me. Um, I'm, I'm definitely in the work of being more organized. But what I do is, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, when I map out my week, I have a exercise that I do every Sunday night. It's called RPI, Reflection, Preparation, and Intention. So what I do every Sunday night is the reflection part of this mindfulness practice is I reflect on the previous week to see, you know, I usually break everything into four, four buckets, relationships. How are my relationships reflecting on the previous week? My relationship with self, partner, friends, family, people in the community. How were my, how is my health and fitness bucket of my life reflecting on the previous week? How many days did I work out? How many hours of sleep did I get? How is my nutrition? Did I get outside and walk on the beach and get fresh air? third area of life, finances, career. How, how are my finances? So to answer your question, one of the things I reflect on is finances. Where did I spend my money? Uh, how did I spend my money? Uh, was I smart with my money? And then the career, you know, coaching clients, new opportunities, reflecting on, do I want to take on more clients? Getting really crystal clear on how the previous week went with all my clients, the work I'm doing with each and just reflecting on how that went. Yeah. And then the fourth area is spirituality. Reflecting on the previous week. Did, what, did I read at least 20 minutes before I go to bed? Did I do my daily mindfulness morning and nightly routine? Just reflecting without judging, having compassion, but reflecting and being honest with myself with how I showed up. And then the preparation part of the RPI is mapping out the next week, the upcoming week. Again, all areas, relationships, health and fitness, career finances, spirituality. So for to answer your question, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are my really busy days. That's when I work with the majority of my clients when when I'm teaching yoga, 
I'm teaching breath work. So three days of my week are filled up. A lot of one-on-one with my coaching clients. It's a lot of go, go, go. Yeah. And, um, but I'm being very intentional with mapping out my week because those three days are really busy for me. Friday is my fun day because I, I publish a new podcast. Uh, I have a podcast and Friday is my podcast day. So I, I set aside, set aside that day. I usually do my interviews at one I usually do all my self care in the morning and then it takes for me, I do all the technical stuff around the podcast myself, yeah. which I'd love because it's grassroots. I'm vulnerable and I, I, it's important that I do it myself because it inspires others and it gives them permission to do the same. I don't need to spend a bunch of money on technical help for my podcast. And it's fun to learn yeah. to help other areas of my life. As you know, this Eric, because you just got into the space and it gives me the confidence that I can figure things out on my own in other areas of my life. Yeah. And it's so important for people listening. I can, everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. There's other areas, areas of my life where I invest in a CPA and an accountant to handle all the finances. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's important that I learn how to do the podcast technical work. There's a lot of work behind the scenes and it gives me confidence that I can figure things out and, and learn and do it. It yeah. gives me confidence to do when I host yoga retreats, I can do all the back end stuff for a yoga retreat because I learned how to do a podcast and that's how we build confidence and self-esteem by doing difficult things. Yeah. And so Friday is podcast day and being really intentional with the days of the week, what I'm doing during those days and making time for on Monday, Saturday and Sunday to make sure my finances are in order to be really organized with money coming in money coming out making sure my taxes, when I do my taxes, I'm really buttoned up with, you know, deductions. Um, but I have a CPA I work with and, but I like to do these things on my own because it, it gives me confidence that I can figure things out. There's areas of my life on the back end of, you know, website design, technical support that I need help with. So I invest in, uh, other people to help me because for me, that's a balance of trying too hard to figure things out where it's a, it's a, not a good use of my time where I can be of more service to other people and doing things that are more in alignment with my values. Yeah. So I also, I'm aware of my weaknesses that I will spend so much time trying to figure it out that there's a, there's a balance. Yeah. So asking for help is really important because I can't do it all on my own. So I will ask for help with website technical because that's not something that's a lot of fun. Um, so I will invest for, with help and get support in those areas of my life. Um, what I'm in the work of is as I continue to grow and evolve podcast, life coaching, yoga, teaching, breath work. So I'm an independent contractor. I'm an employee in some areas. There's family resources that we have with a family business that I'm more involved with now. Mm-hmm. So it's getting more complex Yeah, because there's, there's, we have family farms. We have a, a, a separate family business on top of that, that I'm more involved with now. So I'm going to be needing more help with financial support, 
because it's getting a lot more complex that it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. So I'm going to be investing and in reaching out for more people to help me in those areas because I'm unqualified for that. I'm very aware of that. And I'm going to be investing in more help going forward because there's more complexity with the income streams and the revenue sources that I'm involved with, yeah. which is fun and so worth it because what I found is where I used to be in the corporate world, one revenue stream, I have a lot of different revenue streams across the board now, yet all of them connect to each other. Like my teaching yoga and breath work allows me to create new opportunities and connection for life coaching clients. Yeah. And so that's cool too, but new revenue streams and with technology, there's a lot more opportunities for people to tap into more revenue streams with whatever they're doing in all walks of life. Yeah, no, that, that's a great answer. And I appreciate you kind of sharing all that. I feel like you kind of covered a lot and from you know, how you do you know, personal finance things, some good habits that you do, you know, setting yourself up for a good week, working with the CPA, thinking about different income streams. Cause it is, it is kind of a lot once you kind of busy doing the things that you love and you really want to optimize for your time, you know, website design, that's something that, yeah, you know, hiring someone to, to, to work on that. And I checked out your website in preparation. I, I love it. It looks great. Very, very good looking and, and easy to, to, you know, summarize what you do and see that and kind of see your calendar for yoga classes. So uh, love that. But then the podcast, yeah, it's a creative, it's your kind of creative um, endeavor and to really know the ins and outs of it. It's, it's probably nice that you get to keep do that. And maybe in the future you can delegate some of the tasks, but keep it personal and, and yeah, hearing yourself, learning from, from that, making sure that it, it ends up being how you want it with you know, how your guests and you're communicating. So Love that. Appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, I well, want- one thing I want to say, Eric, I got to say this real quick. Uh, when I started my podcast three years ago, your wife was a big part of making that happen. She told me you and, might have uh, might have said something like that on, on today's interview. Yeah. So I, I want to give Natalie a shout out because when I was working with Natalie a couple years ago, and you know, her and I, she was such a great mentor, and and she always held space. We would meet once a week, and she knew creating my podcast was priority and we would sit down and map out what that looked like and I wrote down the name of the podcast and she asked questions to get me to go deeper in the creative flow and we made a list of the name of the podcast all the guests that we're gonna have on and she was part of the team and without her support and guidance and her holding that space for me I would not have that podcast and it, that podcast is one of the things that brings me the most joy gives me it's a channel and a vehicle to create true intimate connection with other people from all walks of life people you know best-selling authors coaches nfl elite athletes ncaa awesome all-american volleyball players <laughs> um like and nobody has ever said no when i've asked the question do you want to come on the podcast and share your story and, um, you know, it's, I don't make money off it. It's just a, it's a, per, it, it's a passion play that I love. And it's just really important that I acknowledge Natalie, your wife, because without her love and support and guidance, it wouldn't be possible. It never would have manifested. And it just, it's so important to have people like that in our life to help show us what's possible. I could not have done it on my own. And I, she just gave me that encouragement to do it. And yeah. um, it's just something I'm so appreciative of. And it's really important I acknowledge her for helping me get that. You know, it's, it's 65 countries worldwide. We've had downloads, people That's listening. Awesome. 
it's like, it's just, it's another way to be of service. And it's just, so she's yeah. a big part of my life. And, uh, so are you now, Eric? And I just yeah. want to make sure. We're yeah, no, I will. I'll let her know. And, um, yeah, she, she, I asked her before last night, I was like, is there anything, you know, some, some juicy questions I could ask Andrew or anything that you think he'll say? And, and she, she thought maybe you would, you'd mention her because you're so, um, grateful for anyone that kind of impacts your life and she kind of knew maybe you'd say something so that's awesome to hear she's really good at just kind of creating that space and, and asking questions and helping you kind of figure it out she does a good job of that and a lot of that's kind of some of the you know work she's done with blue lemon past you know, being working there for a long time i appreciate you saying that and so yeah, we're kind of sure. full circle now where you're in my podcast but you know talking about your podcast this episode is brought to you by Human Potential Personal Finance. Visit humanpotentialpf.com and subscribe to our newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other helpful resources for movement, health, and healing pros. More details are available in this episode's show notes. We're going to shift gears a little bit, jump into one of my favorite segments here they call it the rapid fire and so these questions shorter questions and more so just to give your gut response and you don't have to dive into like kind of the details i might probe a little bit if there's some controversy or if i want to debate you but a lot of them are more fun light and so you know really just off the top of your head what's something new that you're really obsessed about or really into breath work and cold water therapy okay okay yeah you talked about that so can we know the ins and outs and that's something that when you brought that up we were in Vancouver a few years back and did kind of like a spa treatment thing where it was exactly that. It was like cold plunge, hot, you know, hot water, jacuzzi, and then sauna, uh, but didn't have the element of like the guided meditation and, and that kind of work. And so I think that's really cool. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to go try that maybe after baby number two comes. So that'll be really yeah, fun. Please. It, it's just it, going deep and uh, yeah. Rapid fire. Yeah. I can elaborate. All right, yeah. Yeah, I love how, how you get so passionate and can kind of yep. go on, on on tangents. But, okay, so what's one unique or interesting fact about you that you haven't shared with us? One unique uh, fact, there's two. Uh, my family My family owns 726 acres of farmland in Lincoln, Nebraska. We grow soybean and corn. So we are farmers, uh, fourth-generation farmers. Uh, awesome. And also, I was named MVP of the Little League World Series at age 10. We beat Hawaii in the championship game, twenty-two to ten. Wow! Any footage online anywhere that we can see at ten-year-old, ten-year-old Andrew <laughs> Schultz? It was in Aurelia, Iowa. So I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know if there's footage from uh, what was that? That would have been uh, 1989. Okay. Uh, okay. So I no will VHS. dig in the archives. I'll dig in the archives and see what I can find. <laughs> okay. Love that. Love that. All right. So kind of in, in line with what you said on that first fact, uh, what's the best part about Nebraska? Number 11 on the volleyball team. There you go. Okay. I like that. I like Lexi's son, volleyball player. Go Big Red. Yes. Go Big Red. Uh, the, the love, the love uh, that people have for, you know, Nebraska football and volleyball, how loyal the fan base is, but most importantly, Eric, how nice and kind people are. It's the, the nicest people in the whole world. It's just, I'm so grateful where I'm from to be from Nebraska. Mm -hmm. You can take the boy out of the Midwest, but you can't take the Midwest out of the boy. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I just, I'm, it's so important that I always 
have those Midwestern values that people in Nebraska have. Yes, sir. No, yeah. sir. Look you in the eye, ask you how your day is going. They, they really care. They're good people. Yeah. And yeah. that's the best part. You know, yeah, the, football stadium, the football games, the visiting team always gets a standing ovation when they walk off the field, even if they just beat Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, volleyball, volleyball is the same way. It's just yeah. the respect that the fans have for the other team. Great people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, being in, in Nebraska, visiting quite a bit, you can sense that when you go there and small town feel, but people are so nice. And, and that's something that everyone can do. And if, if everyone did that, no, no matter what city, the world would be a better place. For sure. All right, so another question here. And I don't know if you're a Trader Joe's fan, but most people are. And so there's a lot of hidden gems, some goodies in Trader Joe's. What's one really, really good hidden gem at Trader Joe's that everyone needs to try they haven't yet? Bacon. They have the, the best bacon. <laughs> Love it. Best bacon ever. And make sure you make sure you uh, burn the bacon. Bacon is better when it's burned and crispy. There you Trader go. Trader Joe's are the best. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll have to check that out. All right. One exercise, lift, or sport for the rest of your life, and you can only choose one, what would it be? Ooh, if I could choose one for the rest of my I'd push up. Nice. Love it. Push up. During right. COVID, during COVID, I did nothing but push ups. Yeah. And it was, yeah. You can do that. Changer. You don't need any equipment. Yeah. All right. This, this question might be controversial depending on how it goes, but I think I know the answer. Nat had a speculation too. All right. Lululemon or Viore? Oh. <laughs> uh, both. Viore shorts, Lululemon top. There you go. All right. All right. I like it. Don't have to make you choose. Great question, by the way. Great question. <laughs> yeah. I knew who I was talking to, and I think I, I think I, I listened to a little bit of – I think you interviewed uh, either the, the founder of Viore, so yeah. you, you might have some ties there. So I didn't want to blow you up and make you choose one or the other. You know, and, uh, two two amazing companies in all seriousness. You know, Joe uh, is a friend of mine, the founder. His um, company just got a $4 billion valuation. Yeah. Um, we're doing great things. And uh, – Love their stuff. And on the flip side, Lululemon was my first sober job. Wow. And so when I got sober, Lululemon was my first sober job. And, you know, they encouraged me and supported me, helping me become a certified yoga teacher. Wow. Um, they gave me the support, the resources. And the first Lululemon I worked at was up in Palm Desert where I got mm. sober. And then I moved, transferred down to, um, that's why I met Natalie, yeah. my wife, and worked with her. And, um, just, it was such a great company, you know, the personal development, how to set goals, smart goals, a lot of the stuff that I use with my coaching clients, I took from Lululemon and it's such an amazing company with amazing people. And I will forever cherish my time there. And, um, you know, some of the best relationships, my podcast was founded on in the stores of Lululemon. And so, um, forever grateful both great brands and yeah. um, I'm wearing both brands right now. I'm wearing a Lululemon top and Viore bottoms as we speak. So my answer is congruent. There you go. I love that. Okay. All right. So this one is a little bit similar to the, the exercise lift sport for the rest of your life, but a little different. So you have to choose one of these things to keep you sane. And so there's five of these things. So one of them is exercise and movement. The second is sleep. The third is healthy eating. The fourth is recovery. 
kind of physical recovery um, practices. And the fifth is mindfulness. So mental health strengthening via any means. I know those are kind of some very important pillars that you kind of already mentioned earlier, but if you had to choose one to keep you, Andrew Schultz, sane, what would it be? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm going to go with mindfulness. All right. Mindfulness, my, mindfulness. That's keeping me sane 100%. Okay. And that's for me, walking on the beach, being present with each foot, hitting the beach, slowing down how fast I walk, feeling the cool ocean water splashing on my shins, wet toe, wet sand beneath my toes. Yeah. That's mindfulness for me. I'm going to go to beach today. That, that sounds beautiful. All right. So this one, you talked about it, you know, mentors being so important. Who is the most impactful mentor for you? Mm. You have to choose one. <sighs> Great question. Jay Nixon. He's my okay. coach. Uh, when I, he was um, my coach in Palm Desert. He was instrumental in helping me become a coach myself. Okay. I still work with Jay. So it's important that I always am investing in myself with yeah. coaches and mentors. And that, that way, all my clients get the benefit of me investing in my coaches. And it's yeah. a lineage. Yeah. And so I always say never trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. Yeah. And so Jay was my first coach. He's still my coach. He's written a few books. He's showing me what's possible, giving me permission. Otherwise, I wouldn't know maybe what to do. But I see what yeah. he's doing, and he's taking off the limits. Yeah. And just he's 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 um showing me what's possible, and he's helped me a lot of the things that we're talking about. He's the one that helped. He he gave me the tools to do the work, and then I get to share those with my clients. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, yeah. last question of the rapid fire session. And I know you have your podcast, Positive Impact Podcast. But what's a recent book, podcast, or movie that you'd recommend to someone? You want to choose one uh, right now? Ed Milet's podcast, uh, Max Out, is one of my favorites. Okay. He has amazing guests from all walks of life who are doing rad stuff. He just had Mel Robbins, The Power of the High Five in the Mirror. Yeah. So Ed Milet is somebody I really look up to. Uh, okay. listen to his podcast i just read a book radical forgiveness mm. which really shifted the energy with some things i was going through lately that yeah. helped so radical forgiveness and why that book is so relevant eric is we can all forgive ourselves a little bit more yeah and you know the power of forgiveness starting with ourselves yeah. is really important appreciate that no, it's beautiful all right, so diving into kind of one of our last seg segments, it dives a little bit more into personal faith, kind of some deeper things. One of the things that I, I read on your website, under your beliefs section, it said, I believe God put me here to be of service to others and help those in need. You talked a lot about service, but dive into that a little bit more. For me, it's a miracle I'm here. I have a second chance at life. And it's something I'm forever grateful for. I'm truly grateful for. Um, <clears throat> I'm a miracle. My father is a miracle. I've lost a lot of friends who aren't here anymore. Suicide, overdose, addiction, mental health. Who I don't know why, why I'm here and they're not. Because I put myself in some really compromising situations and um, went into some dark places. It's not my business. It's not my job to understand why I'm here. It's my opportunity to take advantage of me being here mm. and having that second chance. Being of service 
is why I'm here, being a vehicle, I believe, for God, his love, his grace. Um, yeah. It's my purpose. Being of service, without a doubt, gives my life meaning and purpose. Um, that That's why I'm here. Um, my father, who we didn't really get a chance to talk about, he, he's been sober for 11 years. Wow. We, did an, it, we did an intervention on Christmas morning, 2009. And uh, he, if we didn't do that intervention, I have no doubt he would not be with us today. Wow. And it was Christmas morning, 2009, Omaha, Nebraska, blizzard, one of the worst snowstorms. We did the intervention. We had a, his boarding pass was printed. Omaha to Phoenix, Phoenix to Palm Springs to go to Betty Ford. Mm. His flight was one of the only flights that got out that day. Wow. Not a coincidence. We call it the Christmas miracle. My dad and I today have the best relationship. We talk. We talk every day. Uh. Um, we say, I love you. Um, that's because of God. And, um, it's an opportunity to help others to use what happened to share with others, to give them the hope that whatever they're going through, there is a way mm -hmm. they can change their life no matter what they're going through. And that faith in God for me is the, the most important thing in my life that I have. And um, wow. I see that working in other people and it reinforces that belief. And um, that's why being of service is the most important thing at the end of the day, everything we've talked about, if I'm helping others and focus on how, how can I be a positive light for others to give them hope, to share my story from where I was that from that darkness, the light, that calamity to serenity, using my story firsthand. Um, I believe that's my, that's my superpower. Wow. And that's what I'm uniquely qualified and sharing what God has done in my life is the most important thing. And that's for me being of service. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And that, that, that was definitely emotional. I could see it on your, on your face and just sharing that, being authentic. Really, really appreciate that. Um, but that's really stood out to me on, on your website. And, and I'm glad that we were able to dive into that a little bit more. And yeah, being of service, hearing that miracle uh, with your dad. And yeah, really the relationship that you and your dad, dad have. Um, that, that sounds like it's super special and important to you. So I I, uh, I love to hear that. That's that's how your relationship is, because you know, father son. Uh, I'm expecting my my son come in anytime now, and yeah, I want to have such a good relationship with him. And so it makes me a little well well up over here just hearing that story. So appreciate that, man. Really do. So getting a little deeper on some things and getting closer to the end here. Hopefully, you still have some time. Um, this has been so fun. Um, this this podcast is called the Human Potential Podcast, and the reason for, for this passion project is really sharing stories, movement, health, healing pros that are doing great work. And I think human potential means a lot of different things for other people. But I wanted to just ask you, when you think of the words human potential, what comes to mind for you? I love that. I love that work, the, the, the term human potential. <clears throat> what, what, what comes up for me, Eric, is we are all sitting atop of untapped potential. Mm -hmm. We all have this power in us, this energy, this life force that is untapped. And 
we are we are we are we are meant to do so much more than we give ourselves credit for we can do anything we put our mind to and so for me it's people who are doing rad things who have uh circumstances that the chips are you know they they were dealt a, a tough hand in life and yeah. they're they're making a difference in the world by working hard by having people around them who believe in them investing in themselves you know i know you are you know a financial guy warren buffett the oracle of omaha yeah nebraska baby the best investment this is per warren buffett the most successful uh investor in the history of the world says the best investment we can make is the one in ourself yeah and health is our greatest wealth and so when we invest in ourselves get people around us who lift us up who believe in us it's like your wife natalie believed in me yeah three four years ago having people who believe in us and believe in other people and show them what's possible and to lift them up lift their spirit up that's what human potential is it's it's having a community of people intimate connection with like-minded people who want to make a difference in the world who want to have a positive impact to invest in ourselves to work hard to go above and beyond to to tap into whatever it is that we want in life knowing that knowing that we can achieve it i think of i think of roger roger bannister four minute mile yeah we, the, the human scientists said it's not humanly possible for somebody to run a mile in less than four minutes roger bannister did it and within one year hundreds if not thousands of people were running sub four minute miles yeah that's that's human potential i love that i love that a lot there appreciate you sharing that it's always fun to hear how that resonates with other people uh go even a little deep deeper um this one's a little different but what's the most human thing that anyone has ever done for you the most human thing whatever that means to you what's the most human thing anybody's ever done for me And you could take it another way as like kind of what's the most kind thing. You kind of shared a lot of different people that have impacted your life. Without a uh, doubt, my family doing an intervention on, on April 30th, 2015. Okay. My family did not give up on me. I pushed them away. They had tried to do the intervention many times before and I would always run mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready. I hadn't reached, the, I didn't have the gift of desperation in my rock bottom. And the, uh, the love of family and the love of God and, the, and, and the, the, my family was the best thing, the most kind thing, the most important thing anybody has ever done. That gift of sobriety, the gift of getting me the help that I needed at my rock bottom. Mm. If they didn't give me that help, I would not be here. Yeah. I, without a doubt. Yeah. God had a part in that. God spoke through my family to give me that help. And it was the best thing that ever happened. The most human kind thing. It's a gift that I'll never be able to repay my family. Mm. Best thing I can do is have the best relationships with that family, with my family and with God. Yeah. And how I show up and live my life today and every day is a way that I can make it right and show my gratitude. Yeah. That's a great answer. And 
yeah, just for them to see you um, as their son, as a human, and, and you know, take that step to really get you the help. That's human. They saw you as a human. They wanted to help you. So that that's really a great answer too. All right. So now we're going to go to our last question, last final question here. Some of the work that I do is it's called life planning or financial life planning, and it's just a deeper way to give clients work with clients in financial planning. But there's also some similarities to kind of what you were talking about, life coaching. And so that's why I love it. I love deep things. I like people. And so this question, it's, it's, it's an exercise. It's through the work of George Kinder, uh, Life Planning Institute. And it kind of very similar to kind of some of the questions that you talked about earlier about thinking about your funeral, uh, just in a little different way. Um, there's three questions. The question that I want you to answer is the third one, but I'm just going to summarize the three questions. The third one's the deepest question. But the first question is basically... You have unlimited funds and resources. How do you spend your life today? What would you do? So it's kind of getting at what's your dream life. The second question is going a little deeper, and it says your doctor comes to you and says that you have five to ten years left to live. How would you spend your time with that limited time that you have, given the resource that you have today? So five, ten years, that's that's a lot of time. You can still kind of do some fun things that you want, but you have the news that you're going to pass away in five, ten years. Now the last question, which is the one that I want you to answer, your doctor says you have 24 hours left to live. And the question is a little different. It's not necessarily how you spend the 24 hours, but it's more what feelings come up, what emotions hit you the hardest, what do you feel like you would have missed out on? Great question. What comes up? Um, an immense sense of gratitude mm. for just within the last six and a half years, the opportunity to get well and heal and recover and to learn and grow sober, thriving in recovery with a clear mind and like building a life which is rich and purpose-driven and meaningful because of the connections, the intimate connections that I've, in relationships I've created just in the last six and a half years gives my life so much meaning and joy relationships with my family, which has never been better, mm. um, to heal those relationships, which were fractured. And now, and hearing your question, Eric, I'm not scared of death. I have complete peace in my heart, knowing I showed up as my best self. And I lived a life, the ups and downs, ebbs and flows, did my best with what I had. And I know in my heart, I've had a positive impact on a few people. And at the end of the day, that's all I want to know that my life was for a bigger purpose, that I helped a few people in a, in a positive way. And so there's the feelings of immense gratitude, peace, that it's all good. Like, I'm not worried at all. I have no worries. Uh, God, he's watched over me every step of the way, especially the last six and a half years. I have complete peace in my heart, gratitude for the relationships that I have especially with my family, mm. but I, I didn't seven years ago, those relationships were, uh, <clears throat> not where I wanted them. And now I, I, I'm just they're, they're the best relationships I have with the closest people in my life. Wow. Yeah. That, that's beautiful, man. And appreciate you sharing that. I know that's a deep question. I knew you'd be ready for it, and I love that. So gratitude, I think that's that's my takeaway, which which I love that. It's beautiful. Anybody can 
take that and, and think about living their life as if it's not going to be there. Uh, having gratitude is, is the answer. So, buddy, man, I really, really appreciate the time. We're all wrapped up for the podcast, all the questions and going deep. But seriously, the vulnerability that you shared, I hope anybody can just take away and that, how that helps someone really get clear and, and share their positive impact that you're, you're giving. And so just real quick before we sign off, uh, for anyone that wants to reach out to you, whether it's listen to your podcast, check you out, ask you a question, uh, work with you, uh, where can people reach you? What, what's the best way? Shoot, best ways, best way is Instagram at A-W-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z-14. That's at A.W. Schultz 14 Instagram. I'm on it every day, post every day. You can, you can slide it into my DMs. There you go. <laughs> In my podcast, Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz. Uh, it's on every platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. But Instagram, best way to find me. Uh, I communicate every day. I'm very um, accessible there. Uh, Instagram for sure. And anything I can do, I, I, I respond. I, I connect anything I do to be of service that can look a lot of different ways. I am all in with, with doing whatever I can. All right. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for being a guest here. Uh, this episode, I uh, loved everything we talked about and, and just hearing your passion for what you're doing. Uh, it's inspiring for me. So thank you so much. And we'll definitely talk soon. All right, man. Hey, Eric, I just want to acknowledge you real quick for doing this, man. Put yourself out there, taking responsibility for your life and doing this passion project. Being a podcast uh, host, starting a new podcast is not easy. And I just want to acknowledge you, brother, for, for your work, your, everything you're doing, how you're showing up in the world. Excited for the uh, your your son to be born. And your family is very important to me, um, you and your wife. And it's important that everybody knows that. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And we love you. And uh, we're going to sign off, but stay on because I think Nat and Kylie are around. That brings us to the end of this episode. Hey, friends. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast with Eric and I. It was an honor to be on his Human Potential podcast as a guest. Had lots of fun. And just as a reminder, my mission in life is to empower other men to transform their lives, to take radical responsibility and create new possibilities. A healthier, more connected, loving, more vulnerable, courageous, fearless life that you deserve. I want to call you forward today, men, if this is you, if you're ready to make a commitment and step into your power, your divine, healthy, and mature masculine power, I am ready to be your coach. I want to work with you. It is my mission and purpose. You're worth it, and you deserve it. Send me a direct message. Go to my Instagram, at TheAndrewSchultz, or go to my website, TheAndrewSchultz.com. Send me a message, a free 30-minute discovery call to discuss further how we can work together 
so you can become your highest self for the highest good for you and all those around you. I look forward to connecting. See you next week.